Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. This week, I'm really, really excited that you will hear my wonderful conversation with Dr. Judy Krings. We're talking about relationships, specifically how to rev up your relationship resilience. And Judy's going to walk us through seven positive psychology tips to make love last, which her latest book explains. Now listen into a preview with Judy. This will whet your appetite. This book has cutting edge, based on science, fun and doable, positive psychology, success strategies that are all based on science. I didn't make up any of them. And I listed where I got the idea from so that people could go back and, and do more research on it, you know, if they wanted. By the way, Judy was chosen as the coach of the month for January 2015 by the Institute of Social and Emotional Intelligence. Now, before I continue with Judy, we have our regular segment, the Positivity Lens segment. Now, regular listeners know I do this each week as a way to strengthen our positivity muscle and to hone our ability to review people and situations through multiple lenses. Remember what you focus on grows. So I hope you downloaded the Positivity Lens activity from last week's episode, and that was positivitystrategist.com slash PS18, where my amazing guest, Nadia Zetsembaeva, shared her wisdom on the topic of innovation for positive, sustainable development. Nadia helped us see that we all have the power to redesign our lives to be more intelligent about how we use resources. I invited you to take action on Nadia's five redesign principles, so I'm wondering what insights you may have had about your own behaviours, especially if you live in a rich nation in the world. So what were the issues that you were able to take action on? Number one, what can you reuse, conserve and not throw away? Growing up in Australia where drought is a big issue, I've always been mindful of conserving water. I know never ever to leave the water running when I clean my teeth or wash a cup or a glass. Number two, what did you learn about intelligent resource deployment from outside your usual sphere of influence? I looked up some of the companies that Nadia mentioned in her interview and she describes in her book to see what else they're doing and watch this space as they say, I will keep following. Number three, how can you add greater value to your relationships including clients and vendors so you extend and expand mutual benefits and reciprocity? For me, I developed a desire to pay greater attention to which clients I have a reciprocal relationship with. And if they're not valuing my resources, then I have to question the longevity of the relationship and even more significantly, who I partner with in the future. Number four, in which ways can you show flexibility and adaptability, thereby diminishing rigidity or attachment to specific outcomes or expectations? This I'm comfortable with because I recognize that life is fluid 
and non-attachment allows for greater openings and possibilities. I can influence some, but not everyone. And number five, what's your mindset around this issue of diminishing resources on the planet? What's your ownership in this issue? For me, I totally get that we're on this planet together and we're all co-constructors of what happens. We are interconnected and interdependent and if the bees die out, we're all going to experience the consequences of not having those busy, industrious little insects as co-inhabitors and co-creators of our planet. So how did you make out? And now to this week's show. Today, I couldn't be more thrilled or more honoured than to have as my guest, Dr. Judy Krings, who is a true inspiration to me. Dr. Judy is founder of Coaching Positivity, LLC, a coaching business centred around helping successful people like you and me become even more successful. Judy, welcome to Positivity Strategist. Great. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Great, Judy. So as I mentioned, Judy is a personal and professional positive psychology life coach and clinical psychologist and coach trainer for Mentor Coach. Judy's professional and personal story is truly amazing. She's a gifted and hugely experienced woman having sat at the feet of great masters to become one herself. We share many of the same heroes in this field of positive psychology, and Judy, you are most definitely one of mine. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, your accreditations and experiences are top-notch. You created and hosted three radio talk shows, including the nationally syndicated Chicago-based Dr. Judy Show. And I love this. You are affectionately known as Dr. Spunk. <laughs> yes, I have been. I'm uh, on the zestful side, shall we say. I love to have fun in life. <laughs> That's beautiful. Now, over the years, Judy, you've authored hundreds of professional articles for newspapers, magazines and organizations and originated self-help and teen advice columns and have authored two books of your own. Now, you'll find links to Judy and her materials on the show notes for this episode, positivitystrategist.com slash PS19. Judy, with 2015 on our doorstep, it would be terrific for us to focus on your latest book, which is called Rev Up Your Relationship Resilience, Seven Positive Psychology Tips to Make Love Last. It's a gorgeous book in all ways. It's beautiful to look at with beautiful language and valuable messages. In fact, 140 positive tips and strategies and 70 beautiful photographs all taken by you. And did you know that we also have photography in common? I love that we do. And I think that's because uh, one of our strengths is appreciation of beauty and excellence. And I love that about you. You're a very creative person. (laughs) Thank you. Well, this book... This book exudes your warmth, love, experiences, and all your expertise. However, Judy, before we go there, I'm wondering, would you just share with us about how and why you made the shift from clinical psychology and became attracted to positive psychology and created Positivity Coaching, LLC? Oh, I'm happy to. Um, It it was not on my uh, radar at all. Uh, My husband became very ill uh, with heart. And we desperately needed to go live 
in someplace warm in an area tropical uh, to escape Wisconsin winters. And I'm thinking, how do I give up a humbly, very lucrative private practice of over 30 years? What can I do? I still need to make income. You know, I'm glad I'm young enough to make income, but what am I going to do? So I got a coach. And uh, he had been a positive psychology person in his heart, even though positive psychology wasn't a science back then. And he was a psychologist on cruise ships. So that's what I thought I would do. At least Ken could be down here in Puerto Vallarta where we had a condo and I could be on the cruise ships making some money and then stopping in Puerto Vallarta and so forth. But the more I got talking, my coach suggested I talk to Dr. Ben Dean, the founder of Mentor Coach. And so I flashed him an email asking about his program that helps professionals transition to coaching. I never dreamed he'd email me back or call me. We ended up talking and the rest is history. I became certified at Mentor Coach and I have loved coaching positivity ever since. Well, yeah. How long is that course, by the way? I did a, over 125 hours, so it's like getting a college degree, but you or a postdoc degree. But you can take one class in foundations if you want to, or one class in positive psychology. So it just depends on what your needs are. And what was most valuable for you in doing that course? Um, the foundations course set the stage for how to become a coach, and all the rest of the master classes helped me hone the art. And then, of course, there's lots of tests that you take along the way, then become international coach certified. So it's, it's a lovely experience. The best part is the community. The community at Mentor Coach is like none I've ever experienced. We are one big happy family, hundreds of people who really care about each other and share. And that's what relationships are all about. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the subject matter and, and the positive psychology was that something new or was, you know, was that something that you just intuitively got and was excited to explore more of that and to integrate it into your work? Just say a little bit about the positivity psych psychology piece. Sure. In taking the Mentor Coach Foundation uh, class, my trainer was a, a lovely woman named Dr. Kevin Malloy. And there was a module that she began to talk about positive psychology. And then it was like, whoa, that hit home 100%. I had been doing it my whole career in clinical psychology in private practice, but I didn't know it. And positive psychology started in 1998 with Dr. Seligman, Dr. Cheeksentmihai, Dr. Chris Peterson. And Mentor Coach actually had Chris Peterson teach a positive psychology course. Mm -hmm. And after dealing with Chris, God rest his soul, he mm -hmm. passed away two years ago, right after my mom. Mm -hmm. um, that was it. I was sold. And I began to do my own research after that. And I still do every day. I look and read about positive psychology every day. Yeah, you and me together. I'm forever indebted to him and others for the VIA so, I, I use it with every client. Yeah. I use it with all my friends. I use it anybody that's stuck in life. If you go to viame.org, it's based on um, a foundation, the Marison Foundation. Uh, it's free and you can find your 24 strengths and look at the top ones. And those are the ones that energize you, make your life feel and come alive. So it's great fun. I, I suggest it for everybody. I even pitched a lady on a we were on the airline trolley, you know, going to the next gate. And, <laughs> and this lady was saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with my daughter. And I'm so far. And I said, have you ever taken the values and action assessment? No. Well, anyway, she called me six months later and became a client. 
from That's taking the fear. <laughs> I love that. That's a great story. Great yeah. Story. It's, yeah. And, you know, when I first did that, it was after I just read Seligman's Authentic Happiness book. Oh, yes. And when I did that, I have to say, Judy, I was quite shocked by my top five signature strengths. And I thought to myself, no wonder I'm not a big executive. I ought to be, I ought to be a missionary with my, <laughs> with you, know, Robert, I, you know, we've not talked about this, but I, my first one is the appreciation of beauty and excellence. And I went, boy, am I ever shallow? Look at that. I, you know, I, I, I'm not leader or teamwork or I'm appreciation of beauty and excellence. Come on. I was humiliated until I started taking classes at the values in action, you know, Institute with Ryan Nemec. And then, you know, what I realized was, my appreciation of beauty and excellence, every place I ever traveled, I buy a piece of art. And in my therapy room, I'd have a suicidal patient and I would be wanting to pull my hair out and I would just look up at that picture of the beach with nobody on it. And I got my calm again and I'd be able to carry on. I had never realized it's been my saving grace. It, mm. It's what energizes me. And that's why we like photography. Mm. That's absolutely true. And um, I just let me add this piece to it because it's on the subject that my top strengths are, well, gratitude and humility. And I oh. thought the same thing. That's why I thought I should be a Mother Teresa and I'll never yeah, be yeah. a great leader. Um, however, having that awareness and living with that, I realize how that just energizes me. And that's who I am in the world. Yeah, And, and you know, humility is one of the end ones for most people. Most people have humility like in the very end of their chart. So for you to have been so successful and so humble is I think why you appear so gracious and kind and you indeed are. Mm. You're very loving. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. I always thought it was my my Australian uh, cultural cringe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but no, you know, that's looking at not, for, it's, that, it's how you choose to look at these things. And that's one of the things about positive psychology, right? Is it's, a, it's you know, how we choose to look at the world. Do we look at it from a deficit place or from a place of where, you know, abundance and beauty and all of these other things. So I just think it all plays in to, um, to itself, when and we have it, this awareness. I totally agree with you. And the top character strengths, people ask me this question. I bet they do you too. What are the, who are the happiest people and, and what are their strengths? So I'll just throw this out there. The happiest people, and I've got these in my, in my top 10, so I'm really lucky, are they have curiosity, mm -hmm. grat gratitude, uh, optimism, hope, love, the ability to love and be loved, and zest and enthusiasm. And most people are not high in zest. So you can jack your zest up real simply by talking faster. Isn't that interesting? Because when you talk fast like that, oh, usually you become more energetic. So that's one little tip for people that are kind of low on zest. If you talk a little faster, you know, it jacks your, your system up. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, uh, I love that. So let's keep going here with this zest, okay, zesty conversation. <laughs> and I do share some of those others too. So that's fabulous. Anyway, let's now move to your book because I really want to spend time okay. here understanding more about revving up your relationship resilience and the seven positive psychology tips that make love last. And I think, as I said at the outset, since we're moving into the new year very soon, or, you know, it's right on us right now, we can learn a lot from what you have to offer in this book and people can download this from your website. So what Absolutely. inspired you to write the book, Judy? 
Um, I was blessed uh, to be asked by India to come and give a keynote presentation to help the Indian people learn about positive psychology. They're very fascinated by it. And I started off with a PowerPoint and persistence is way up there on my strength. And it ended up being an ebook instead. <laughs> <laughs> so I dedicated this ebook in their honor. And it was absolutely delightful to present it to the first time in New Delhi, India. Oh, fabulous. And what was the conference you went to? It's an international conference in psychology and, and allied sciences. Mm -hmm. And they had been asking you to come. Yeah, for three years. But, you know, first my mom was sick and my husband was sick and then my mom got sick again. So I finally, I think after three or four years, booked my ticket and uh, away I went. My mom is in heaven now and my husband's doing much better. So um, I was able to go this September. How fabulous. And it birthed this beautiful book. Yes, it did. Yeah. So what seem to be the issues that are most prevalent when you're working with clients on relationship issues? That's a heavy metal question, and it's a fantastic question. What we know for sure that the happiest people uh, walking the face of the planet are people that have good relationships and people that have intimate relationships where there is a person or a partner, even a, even a best friend, it enables you to live longer, to live happier, to express yourself. So relationships reign supreme in happy people and happiness helps you become more successful. People used to think, oh, when I'm successful, then I'll be happy. Guess what? Uh-uh. The happiest people become the most successful people. That's a mind blower. Mm. And, and a good relationship with a significant other is the foundation for growth. And that's really, really important. It's not just about me. When you go from me to we, that's the key for you to become more fulfilled, have more well-being, and, and just feel the spice of life. Judy, does the relationship have to be an intimate relationship or can it be a professional relationship? Well, it can be a professional relationship if you're extremely close to that person, but romantic, intimate relationships reign supreme. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because Dr. Chris Peterson used to say there are no happy hermits. Yeah. And so connection, I mean, I think, you know, belonging and connection is tied to this, is it not? Oh, totally, totally. Because the sense of belongingness helps prevent loneliness. Loneliness is a killer. People who are lonely die and do not have well-being. They die much sooner than people that have intimate relationships. Mm. What are some of the positive psychology tips that you offer to help people build these strong relationships that will make them healthier and happier and more resilient? Absolutely. Well, we've hit on a couple of them, but there are seven major elements or the major tips. And then uh, Miss Compulsive here did 140 under each one of these seven. <laughs> so I'm going to just reel them off here. The first one is to know your strengths. And that is like take the VIA, the Values and Action Survey at viame.org uh, and find out what they are. Get your partner to do the same thing and then have fun comparing notes. That, that's one, one simple one. Um, the second one is learn how to savor life. 
learn what's really important in all your senses and share that with one another. What If you go out to a restaurant, talk about the food. If you're on a walk, look at the beauty of nature, but use all your five senses together. You know, what you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. My husband and I talk about food all the time. I mean, you would think that we both weighed 800 pounds because <laughs> we will just say, isn't this good? Can you believe, oh, this tuna tartare is to die for. And if somebody overheard our conversations, I swear they'd think we were nuts. But we, we just really savor, you know, mm. what, whatever we enjoy eating. Yeah. And you can savor, you can savor a sunset. You can savor oh, walking yes. on the beach. Oh, yes. Mm. Anything that hits your senses that makes you pause. Like right now on the computer, I'm looking at your picture with yellow tulips and you taking a photography of a picture, photograph of something. And you just have this cute looking grin on your face. I'm savoring the color of your yellow jacket with the yellow tulips. Yeah. Um, it, it's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. The third one is visioning. And that is that you know what you want. You know what your partner wants in life for now and in the future. And you revisit that. You, you, you're you on the same page sometimes. You're on an individual page another time. But that you plan your goals. You plan your vision, what you want together. Yeah. And Judy, let me just say, when I was reading the book, and it's so practical and I loved every part of it, it was that vision piece that stood out for me as, really? oh dear, um, maybe I just need to do a little work or um, me and my partner need to do a little work in this vision area because you can get so caught up in the stuff that yes. you're doing and, you know, relationships, you can take them a little bit for granted and you seem to know what they're going to say and what they're going to finish and where they want to go and all that kind of stuff. But to really stop and revisit the vision and what you aspire together as opposed to also separately because you have to keep your own identities. That was really powerful for me to be reminded of that. So say thank, more. Thank you. I, you know, that is so interesting. Um, I'm so glad you told me that because it, it's all about goal setting too, but just pausing in the moment to really listen to the other person. And I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a total go-getter and my husband's tired. So we, our visions are so different and we do take time. And I may say to him, you know, I know you've got your routine and you're really happy doing that, but I would really like to go out to lunch at least one day this week. Will that work for you? And, and he'll say, oh yeah, sure. But that's a little vision thing. And that's just a weekly thing. Mm. It's as simple as that. It's not, doesn't have to be some great big thing. It's just touching base. It's like I often suggest to couples that I coach, and I coach quite a few couples, is is how about two hugs a day to just stop and, and be with each other? How about a kiss a day? How about greeting each other in the morning and in the evening? I take my husband in a cup of coffee every morning because I get up early. So that's even a little teeny visioning what's going to make me feel good and start my day off right. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's what's going to make me feel good and start my day off right because then you're going to be a much better partner. Right. And you're doing something, a little teeny thing for them. And it may be just going, did we get our hug today? I do that. Did we get our hug today? Or I'll go, D-G-W-H-T or whatever. Did we get our hug today? And he'll (laughs) laugh. He'll go, no, we didn't. And I'll go, oh, my dear. You know, and we just stand each there and he's six feet three and I'm five feet one. So (laughs) I get a great big teddy bear hug. And do you stop and say, come in or you come into a room and you say, hey, have I told you today that I love you? Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I I told him the other day he was walking in front of me. We've been married 25 years and he was walking in front of me. And I said, you know what, Krings, you were walking in front of me pretty fast. And it's kind of unusual for him to walk fast. And I said, I was looking at your broad shoulders and I was looking at your, you know, swagger when you walked in. Honey, you still got it for me. And he just cracked up laughing. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's just just noticing these little things and sharing them in the moment. Um, And the other thing too, Judy, I want to say that starts my day off well is doing a loving kindness meditation. Oh, that's wonderful. I feel that that puts me in a great space. And if I don't do that, I mean, when I do that, the probability of my having a great day is amplified. Yeah, that that mindfully being aware. I I wake up in the morning and I sometimes say, thank you, bed. Thank you, pillow. Thank you, God, for making my husband still be with me, laying next to me. It's going to be a great day today. I'm going to look for the good and I'm going to find it. Yeah, and we'll come back to talk about the value of these little habits that we create for ourselves, right? So why don't you continue, though, with your seven strategies? You're up to, uh, we did talked about vision, right? So number four. Flow or meaning. This is so, so, so important. It's times when people report that they, they're concentrating so much, they're absolutely absorbed in some sort of a deep enjoyment that they challenge themselves. What happens is um, your senses become so focused on what you're doing, you lose all track of time and place. And it may be like you said, looking at a sunset or, or watching the waves come in or even writing something. And then when you can find something that the two of you enjoy together, that's even better when you get in the flow together. So it's magical. Mm. So you may be, uh, maybe it's sailing or maybe it's taking a walk and noticing nature, but you're just in the flow, enjoying the moment. It's very, very healthy that you're lost in something you really enjoy doing. And what's that for you and Ken? Other than food? Yeah. Yeah, other than food, you know, we we don't do a whole lot together physically because of his health. But what we do do is a lot of positive reminiscing. I'll say, honey, remember when we were married on Mo'orea in French Polynesia and we weren't telling anybody at all and we had made friends with this couple and they just happened to get a video recorder brand new, one of those great big honking ones back, you know, 25 years ago. And we said to them, they said, oh, we wish we had something else to video. And I looked at them and I said, well, we're getting married today. Nobody knows. You want to come? And they went, really? (laughs) Really? Oh, my gosh. So we might put on that video and watch it together or just think about those times. My husband got a big Tahitian tattoo on his arm and it signified love and joy and uh, tenacity, courage. And that reminds him of our time being married there. So. Engaging in an act of random acts of kindness together, helping somebody, putting, you know, whatever you can afford together in the Salvation Army bin. It's it's little things. It doesn't have to be great big things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ken and I are studying Spanish and he's really good at it. And I'm telling you, I want to pull out my hair because it's hard for me. But we're doing that together and he can help me. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we get into the flow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, going back to photography, um, Jürgen and I really get lost in the moment and in the flow when we go on vacation because we both love photography. I mean, he used to be a professional photographer. Oh, wow. And we can go off in different directions, Judy, and spend, get lost for hours in yeah. photographing the things that attract 
each of us independently. But it's we're doing this together, even though we're doing it separately. Right. But it's just and then you, you you and you can look at the pictures together later. Yes. And that's great. And years later, right, you know, we put them on the, the big screen TV and we can see oh. them. And it's just, yeah, I just get that. It's fabulous to be able to do those things. That's wonderful. Mm. All right. Number five is communication and grit are really important in relationships. And grit is a, is a melding of passion and perseverance. And it helps you be resilient because there's always a time in, in a marriage, many times probably, where we see things differently and we're going, like, eh. but if you're passionate, you love the person, you're committed to the person, you persevere in trying to say, listen, you know, I know we see things differently here, but I'd really like to share something with you. So communication means it's not just about me getting my point across. It's about me listening also to you and having some perseverance. If you start to raise your voice, then you say, wait a minute, we need to start over again. We need to relax. So communication is, is a huge skill base. It's not one thing. When people say to me in coaching, well, we need to communicate better. I will say, okay, what does communication look like to you? Mm. And it's usually they've strayed way away from what that means. Communication isn't just verbal. It's nonverbal. It's going up to the person and giving them a hug. It's patting them, you know, hey, honey, and give them a little pat. It's whatever between the two of you gives you purpose, meaning, and then the byproduct is happiness. Mm-hmm. You, you can speak your truth with the other person, even if they don't agree. You still listen. And you always want to move towards your partner, not away. You don't want to stonewall, go slam the door, be the other room. Nothing's going to change if you do that. If you get angry, you pause for 15 minutes and agree to come back and start over again. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Covey said the key to good communication is to first seek to understand, then to be understood. Yeah, it's beautiful. Be mindful. Mm-hmm. Be mindful. Mm-hmm. And also, also know this in, in communication. We all have negative emotions and that's normal. And you want to accept that sometimes you're going to get angry and frustrated, anxious about something maybe with your partner, accept those emotions and then pause, be mindful of them. And then ask yourself, you know, what can I do to allow myself to feel this negativity, but then learn positive psychology skills like forgiveness or collaboration to work around them and you don't name call and put all the other person down that that that'll never work you need to cultivate a habit of loving kindness for yourself and for your partner embrace all your emotions Mm -hmm. they're normal totally agree with that and all of this fits under communication that's a big one right oh it's a huge one it's probably the biggest section Mm -hmm. yep because you're right you know communication is so many things Right. And Barbara Fredrickson has a lot on this in in her uh, Positivity Resonance website on your micro moments of love. Mm -hmm. 15 seconds, you look at each other in the eye and just that connection actually changes your brain chemistry. Yeah. And I love Rick Rick Hansen's book on hardwiring the brain. I mean, he's fabulous in in showing us how to do that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Two of my favorite books. As I said, you know, we have similar Books yes, on the we bookshelf. do. We do. 
So that's fabulous. So communication is huge and there are so many ways of communicating and yet we tend to, as just as you said, Judy, we often just tend to lump everything, oh, we're having a communication problem or issue. Yeah, that's when you need to say, what specifically am I telling myself about this situation? Mm -hmm. Specifics. What is my internal dialogue about it? Because you're telling yourself a story and the story's probably not serving you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you're, you are the masters about stories. So oh, yeah. I'm preaching to the choir with you because you know exactly what I mean. Oh, I'm totally a master at stories. I can make up all sorts of things. <laughs> I meant in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> there's, your, your, there's your humility coming out. I love it. Oh, so dear. You're so dear. <laughs> but it's true. Okay, keep going. Okay. Um, number six is gratitude. I'm a gratitude junkie. Uh, my mother was, I tell you, it, it could be pouring rain and we had to go somewhere and she could say, well, isn't it wonderful? The rain will help the flowers grow. Mm -hmm. You know, meanwhile, I'm sopping wet whining and she, isn't this lovely that we're having a, a rain. So <laughs> gratitude to me, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a quote by William Ward. It's one of my favorite work, favorite favorite quotes. Mm. Gratitude with a grin sparks relationship. You 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 cannot tell your partner too many positive things that you're grateful for. It, it's just Chris Peterson used to say, "Be grateful for everything. Let everybody know that you're grateful for what they do." And you can actually this is one strength you can really move up in your via profile if you want to. By just noticing, taking a day and say, I'm going to notice everything I can be grateful for and write it down. Yeah. And you can really move your gratitude up if it's not your strong suit. Absolutely. Yeah. That little example that you gave with your mother and the rain, is that, how, how do you make the distinction between that and optimism? Um, they're connected. Mm -hmm. If you're optimistic, something good is going to happen, then you're hopeful about the future. Gratitude to me means right now in the present, I'm grateful. Now, that said, when I think of it, my mom's no longer with me. I am grateful that I had, you know, 94 years with her. So that's in the past. Okay, I'm grateful that I'm going to see my friends that come visit me in Vallarta in January. I'm grateful for that. So I just stand corrected. Gratitude can be anytime, <laughs> any place, mm -hmm. anywhere. Mm -hmm. a, that was a very good point. Mm -hmm. I think they're very much tied together. But I think gratitude is also being present in the moment right now as well as in the past and in the future. Whereas optimism maybe is a little bit more um, optimistic that this is going to work out is a little bit more future-based, at, at least for me. Right. I agree. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And another piece of that is with the optimism, also the example that you were using with your mother in the rain, so that's a good one. It triggered a lot of stuff in me, is it's a reframing too. Oh, yes, totally. Yeah, it's not a negative at all mm -hmm. unless you look at it as one. It's a stop, mm -hmm. be mindful of what is really happening right now and be appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom would always say, look for the good, look for the good. And it's so true. If you look for the good, you will find it because you'll create it in a new story for yourself that's real for you using your values. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Well, you're very lucky to have had your mom to oh, have such I an am. influence on you. 
Oh, and you know what? She was a passive influence. She was super quiet, not like me. I take after my dad. She was humble, like you are. She was the sweetest, kindest person, never said a bad word about a, another human being. She was very pure. Mm-hmm. She was just a simple farm girl, as she would say. But she had an attitude, even till the end, when life was very hard for her, that I am grateful to be alive. God's not done with me yet. And when he's done, I'll go. So I'm going to make the best of being deaf and in a wheelchair and hardly able to move. Mm. And she did make the best of it. Inspiring. And the last one is... Yeah, is of course have fun. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the irony. I will say I try to have fun every day doing everything, which is true. But when I first did my pillars of life, when you look at all the sections of your life, you know, like work and your vocation and your avocation, what you enjoy doing, your spirituality, your friendships, your community, having fun was the lowest one on on my entire pillar. And I thought, what is that? And that's because I'm I'm, I'm a worker bee. Mm-hmm. I am. I have tried to become more mindful to help push fun up to enjoy life more instead of just being a workhorse. Uh, can you identify with that, Robin? Oh, Cuz I know you work hard. Yeah, I can. And I love my work. So, am I having fun when I work? That's my question. I think it's a little bit. I'm definitely in the flow obviously, so I'm totally absorbed by it. And Jürgen's yes. the same actually. He he yeah. has an extraordinary power of concentration and being absorbed in the moment. And and to at the cost of fun though, Judy, I think this is the point, right? It's at the cost of fun. So how do you define fun? Well, you know, I think it's 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 each one of us, it's idiosyncratic. I said in the in the book, your relationship is a gift if you just let her rip. <laughs> you know, your five senses are not complete without the sixth sense, a sense of humor. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Plato has a great phrase. You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. And, and I think when we play, we let the essence of who we are, like I'm, I'm a little on the naughty side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can be a little naughty and naughty, not in a, in a bad way, but you know, mischievous, I have mischievous. that's the good word for it. Yeah. Mischievous. So Allow that part of you to come out. You know, I'll, I'll email people sometimes T-E, like tee-hee, tee-hee. I, I, I made a play on words. Um, so when you can just get out of the serious self with each other and say, what do we both have fun with? You and Jurgen have a lot of fun with your photography. Maybe some people have fun a lot in the bedroom and they're creative. Good for them. You know, some people have fun going on trips. Some people have fun looking at old photos. Positive reminiscing is what we call that in positive psychology, where I do this a lot. I look at photos and I can put myself there. I'm in that place. I'm smiling when I'm looking at them. So you're noticing things. You want to notice fun things about your partner. And I always say, sprinkle some fairy dust. If you're caught in a blah, Go back and look at the vision. Look at your vision of what you want. Look at your strengths. Are you playing with your strengths? Mm-hmm. And are, are you playing up to your strengths? Are you using other strengths to help you play? Like curiosity. If you go explore something new together, you're using curiosity together. Yeah. And of course, all of this is in the context of being in relationship 
with another. Right. And you, you can also do it just by yourself. If you're alone, make sure that you play enough. Go get some friends and play with them or go on an adventure. You know, go on a little mini tour or a vacation or go to a new woods and take a walk. There's all sorts of ways to play, which jack up your love and hope and your promise of positivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also about those shared experiences. That's what you're really adding to. Oh, absolutely. And when you're old and you can't go do those things, when my mom ended up in a nursing home, she was horribly depressed and had never been depressed in her life. And I had to clean out her house literally overnight and she would never return to it, never get to say goodbye. And I said, Mom, you've got a whole room of photographic albums. And she said, Judy, just throw them away. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. It took me two carloads. I hauled them to my best friend's house in Delaware. I live in Wisconsin. I said, Cheryl, can I store these in your garage? She said, yes. Mom said, I don't want to ever see that. It's in the past. I'm done. Well, the next visit, I flew to Delaware about a month later, and I took three albums of her first travels with me. And she had a field day, and I swear it turned her depression around. Then she wanted to know when I was going to bring some more. Mm -hmm. So we did this for months and she was in seventh heaven. Mm -hmm. She was just too depressed to, to think that she could enjoy them again. She thought it would make her sad. It didn't. It made her happy. Mm -hmm. But there's another piece to that, Judy, and that is that she wasn't feeling good at the time. Right. So she couldn't see any way out. Right. And yet when right. you allowed her to connect to her positivity, her own positive emotions, she then had a greater awareness about the future or reminiscing about the past. So it's the positive emotion really feeds more positive emotions. Yes. And she was able, I left them there, the, the, the beginning albums. And so when the aides would come in, she would say, they'd say, well, what's that stack there? And she'd say, well, it's some of the trips I took with Judy when I was in my fifties, she was in her nineties. And they'd <laughs> say, well, can we look at them? And mm -hmm. then they would sit down with her and spend some time. Mm -hmm. And then I took a picture of her that I had made that was about five feet by three feet. It filled up her entire room on one wall. And it was her riding an elephant in India. And we were poor growing up. So this was a, it's a, another long story as to why she got to travel with me when I got a scholarship to study art in Europe when I was uh, 20. Mm -hmm. But this, putting this picture of this elephant up in her room made her smile and everybody that came in would want to know the story. So she got to relive that again and That's have positive lovely. reminiscence. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. So what else would you like to say about this book and how it can help people and particularly couples? Thank you. I, I think everybody gets stuck in a rut in their relationship. I mean, I've never met anybody that says they didn't have down times in their relationship. So if your relationship is stuck, Maybe it's even almost dead and you're thinking about a divorce or maybe your partner's griping. You just don't get me. You know, you don't understand. Or maybe your relationship is good and you've got family members that are kind of stuck. This book has cutting edge, based on science, fun and doable, positive psychology, success strategies that are all based on science. I didn't make up any of them. And I listed where I got the idea from so that people could go back and, and do more research on it, you know, if they wanted. So the relationship is for everybody in a relationship, or even if you want to get in a relationship, and you're not in one, and you want to know, you know, how could I maybe be get, get a partner? What do I look for? This will help them turn the kaleidoscope of, of these 140 tips 
They're all gems that you can put in your strength crown to help you understand relationships. And the book is different because it's based on science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you mentioned, that it links to the resources. So if you do want to find out more, you know how to do that. So that's what I love about it too. It's not only the practical nature, not only the look and feel and the beauty of it, it's the practicality of it and the fact that it's based on these resources that you can go and find out more. Really, yes. It's an applications book. It's how to apply positive psychology in your relationships, intimate relationships mostly, but also any relationship that you want to make better, even those at work. There's loads and loads of of information in the book that can help those too. Be open, be flexible, be willing to try on, you know, some new thinking and behaviors and ideas. And the fact that you're really stressing this is because it works. You know, we've been talking about a lot of the the upside of positive emotions and positive psychology. And we also acknowledge that we are whole human beings. You've referred earlier a little bit to negativity. We have this cultural negativity bias. It serves a purpose. And the more that we focus on the positive, the more that we're actually strengthening those neural networks to be able to be more resilient because that's part of, you know, the title of your book. Absolutely. And uh, again, Barbara Fredrickson has a lot of information on this. Todd Cashton and Robert Biswas-Diener wrote a book uh, recently, you know, The Upside of Your Dark Side, how you can use negative emotions to actually turn around to help you become more positive and appreciative. So you can build positivity every day of your life. Yeah, beautiful. So what does it mean to you? Can you sum it up what positivity means to you, Judy? Positivity means to me how to flourish in your life, how to have more well-being, how to be mindful of living your best self life every day and becoming more resilient. Um, I I teach you how to do this in a class I'm going to be teaching again in April at Mentor Coach. Uh, It's a course on positive psychology coaching and how you can increase your positivity, but it gives you the basics of what forms positivity. And I love doing it. I created it. So I had a lot of fun with it. That's fabulous. How long is the course? Well, last year it was nine weeks because somebody, you know, wanted an extra freebie question and answer on positive psychology, but it's an eight week course. Mm-hmm. And I believe it starts April 27th at uh, Mentor Coach. If you just want to Google that, you can find out more than you ever want to know <laughs> about the lessons. Great. Well, in fact, on the show notes page, which will be a summary of our conversation, there'll be all these links. So the show notes is going to be positivitystrategist.com slash PS19. That will be all everything to do with this conversation that we're having, Judy, with all the links to your website, to your book. We'll put in a link there to mentor, coach as well. And anything else that you care to share, we'll make sure that people can access this information. That's terrific. Um, my other book, just real quickly, are two-page vignettes with loads of photos for each story on the 24 strengths. So I do a two-page vignette on each strength, for example, perspective, curiosity, wisdom, and photos that go along with that. And then three coaching questions that will help you use that strength. It's how I saw the Cubans using their strength in Cuba or how I used it in Cuba, like when I got busted at the cemetery. Right. I remember. (laughs) Yes. You reminded me of that. Yeah. Fun. (laughs) 
So that'll be up there too, two really yeah. great resources. The fact that you can apply them to your own life immediately and this, and it sustains your life. That's what's so rich about them. So cool. Is there anything else that you'd like to say that hasn't come up that you'd like to, Judy? I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I think we are two birds of a lovely yellow feather. <laughs> and I appreciate your being a guru of appreciative inquiry. That's how I learned about you several years ago. And I, I think so much about life is how we look at it. And when we learn to, again, twist the kaleidoscope of our life, focus on all the strengths, all the colors of the rainbow that are our strength, your life will morph into deeper appreciation. And you'll love yourself more, but you'll love everybody else more too. And, and that's the name of the game. That is gorgeous. Thank you for saying that, Judy. Thank you for your wisdom today. My pleasure. Thank you. Do check out the show notes to all the references mentioned in this episode on positivitystrategist.com slash PS19. And download the Positivity Lens Activity Sheet, which will be a way to help you put into practice some of Judy's seven applications to rev up your relationship resilience. Which of the seven can you best work on right now to increase the positivity in your relationship? Now, which relationship do you want to focus on? That's number one. Is it your life partner, a family member, a work colleague? And number two, do you need to understand more about your own strengths and their strengths? I suggest that you go to viame.org and do the via, VIA survey. Number three, working on your individual and collective vision might be what's needed right now, or it might be that you need to inject some play into your relationship. Number four, and if you think it's about improving your conversation and your communication, be specific. What aspects of communication would help you both? Remember, there are many, many levels of communication, both verbal, nonverbal, attitude, and so on. And last, you get the idea. So I'm wishing you much love, satisfaction and meaning as you rev up your relationship resilience. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows so grow towards your best. <laughs>